Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Let's start this party with a bat! Welcome back into the Radcast, everybody. Ahoy! Ahoy! Once again, I'm Steven. I'm Matt. And this is a very, very special episode for multiple reasons. A, uh, I know we say that a lot, because those are special episodes, don't get me wrong. But we're finally circling back around to something that holds a very deep, happy spot in our hearts and has captured our imaginations. Sort of the match that lit our love yeah. for all things like kind of pop culture yeah. and comic booky. I, I would stuff. I would credit the movie we're talking today and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers because yeah. we found those right at the same time. Yeah. We, this has captured our imagination ever since we saw commercials for the movie when it was coming out in theaters mm-hmm. when we were mere little babes. Yep. Uh, today we are talking... The the nineteen ninety five classic, Batman Forever. The beautiful time capsule of mm-hmm. the mid nineties. Yeah, everything you could ever want from I'm just gonna say from a Batman movie. From a Batman Come movie. Come at me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh maybe not that far. Okay, but, sorry. I'm getting a little but I'm getting I'm getting fired if up. If you want to yeah. capture what a lot of people's perception of Batman was before the Keaton movie is the Adam West Batman. Yeah. So it kind of, there's a lot of sensibilities that harken back to that, but we'll get into that. Yeah. But we're not alone in this endeavor. No way, Jose. Now on the phone with us, our, uh, our longtime pal and very good friend, Tyler Crandall is with us. Hello, Tyler. Hey everybody. How you doing? It's a pleasure to be on the Radcast. Thank, uh, thank you for to this. Thank you yeah. for being on the Radcast. Yes, the pleasure is all ours. We have you on because you like us are a fan of this film. I am. It's a great movie. I rewatched it last night, and I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, on the rewatch, I was like, I love this movie. Everything, yeah. everything oh, yeah. about it, same. And it's not just. It's. I don't think to me, it's not just rose-colored glasses either. It's like, no, this this is a good film in this respect in certain parts. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, like it. It knows what it is. You know, it's yeah. a super self-aware movie. It's not sure. afraid to be stylistic. Oh yeah. Uh, it just totally is, is what it is. Yeah. I like it, that because when did movies suddenly have to be like grounded in realism? Yeah. Mm-hmm. S- super earnest and stuff. Cause like the, the Nolan movies are good films. Don't get me wrong, but there are spots like, we watched the dark Knight a few years ago and there was at one point to where the mayor was like, I think he's coming for Batman. And I think like the fact that Nolan made his movie so grounded mm-hmm. and so earnest kind of shot himself in the foot at that point, because you're so grounded in reality that when someone says, where's Batman or the Joker or the joke and you're like, Oh, th- this isn't real. This is just silly now. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. yeah, Batman forever is exactly what it's set out to mm-hmm. be. And yeah. it did it beautifully this time around. Yeah. We won't talk about Batman or Robin, because at that point, they just switched it up to 11. It's like it's like a one-hit wonder trying to recapture... The, the, the camp and silliness the f- a little too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too far the other direction. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, we'll, we'll harken back to these elements a lot, because yeah. the movie itself... I see it as it's like one big episode arc from the campy 60s Batman, Mm -hmm. but it's infused with 90s elements and set in the mid-90s with the flash and flare suitable for the alternative MTV Gen Xers. Oh, yeah. Well, there, well, you know, Val Kilmer has plenty of like deadpan delivery when he's oh, delivering yeah. jokes, and Steven's like, "That's something like Adam West would yeah, do." Yeah, it's like you're trying to get under my cape, Doctor. Like you can hear Adam West try go, a fireman, lest it take off. You yeah, know, exactly. Kind of it's like yeah. the the oh, bat yeah. signal's not a beeper, Doctor. You know, you so many one-liners from Batman. I'm pull my mask down. That you. Oh, can... dude, just like the very first line killed me in this movie. <laughs> Whenever, so the very first line, Alfred. You know, they go through the main titles and all that, and they show yeah. the, the back car. And then Alfred says, you know, can I persuade you to take a, a sandwich with you, sir? <laughs> and Val Kilmer just says, 
I'll get drive through. I'll, I'll get, get drive through, which yeah. I loved as a kid because I I it made me think of the McDonald's tie-in with this yeah. movie. Which Tyler, you're you're a few I years that. old. Yeah, yeah. So you're a few years older than we are. Uh, so you probably remember the marketing a little better than we do. So you obviously remember when McDonald's was a big backer of the movie. Mm-hmm. So so check this out. I remember actually going to see this movie with my dad oh, after yeah. church one day. At Jamestown Mall. So yes. I didn't realize, though, that uh, this movie came out in 95. Because I had it in my head that I was like seven or eight when this came uh-huh. out. I was five years old. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> and, I, and my dad took me to see this PG-13 Batman movie, which is pretty badass. Yeah, that, that is badass. That, that is. It's like, and, and after church, no less. Yeah. It's like, let's go watch right. you know, Nicole Kidman bear her cleavage. Mm, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my um, goodness! I have so yeah. I wrote down. I, I took notes, by the way. Yeah, same. Awesome. Yeah. Notes, uh, and I so many times I wrote down Nicole Kidman. Oh my yes. goodness! Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! My wow! God. I, just, I had forgotten what a force she is in this movie. Oh, oh my yeah. God. And like, well, I, it's funny because I was watching it, and this was my first exposure to, to Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. You know, in my my formative years. Right. And well, I thought, oh, my. I don't know, four, five years yeah. old. I don't know. Formative, anyway, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like, oh, hubba hubba. But I was talking to Steven yesterday and I don't think I know any other movie in which I find her that level of attractive, you mm-hmm. know? I think, I yeah. don't know why it was just as Dr. Chase Meridian's. Like, I guess I was just kind of chasing that dragon. Like, yeah. <laughs> after after that movie, I'm like, it's just Days of Thunder's not doing it for me. I, I don't know about BMX kids or whatever. It yeah. Is. Uh, BMX bandits. Yeah. Uh, of but course, uh, yeah. I, you know, as, as I guess as much as like a four or five year old kid can, I remember, well, in subsequent years watching Batman Forever, I remember having like, I don't know, almost like a like a pre like a, yeah. a pre pub tickled your nipples a, a little bit. Yeah, like a pre your bat nipples. Yeah, <laughs> like a pre pubescent like whatever the earliest yeah. urges a little yeah. boy can have. Like I don't know, she kind of sure. just awakens something, awakens sure. yeah, something yeah. in me. Absolutely, um, which is a, the theme of this movie and how it it awakened like visceral reactions yes. to things. You know. Yes. Yeah. We will get into yes. all of these things and more, but first, Tyler, the way a word we, from our sponsors. No, no sponsors. <laughs> the way that we conduct these, uh, we call these radcast rentals, uh, and the way that we conduct these will, will you know, will smooth smooth a little bit. Then I'm gonna give some boilerplate stuff about the movie, and then we'll jump more into talking about the movie because we all got a lot to say. So perfect. Ready to rock and roll? Ready. All right. So. Batman Forever was released June 16th, 1995, which I know by heart, not because, you know, oh, I remember it, but yeah. like, you know how many times I've looked at that, the the, the Batman Forever poster Posters, with yeah. the question mark with the bat mm. in there? Ugh. So I know that from there. Directed by Joel Schumacher, who I think catches a lot of flack for this movie. I, I think, think for this go around, yeah. I think he was, I think he did yeah, a great he's job. he's right on. I th- he, he definitely, he had... He had a he had a really good grandiose vision that I yeah. think he really executed well. Uh, starring Val Kilmer as Batman and Bruce Wayne, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, Dick Grayson, Tommy Lee Jones, the the supremely miscast Tommy Lee Jones yeah. as Two Face, Jim Carrey choose the scenery Who, as on, the Riddler. on the opposite end the perfectly cast. Oh yeah, Jim yeah. Carrey was amazing as the Riddler. Uh, Nicole yes. Kidman as we had just talked about previously amazing. as Doctor Chase Meridian, mm-hmm. uh, featuring Michael Go. Uh, his third Go as Alfred in the his, series. His uh, third Go. Yes, exactly. Uh, Pat Hingle, who also is Commissioner Gordon in the whole in all these Batman movies. Uh, Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mazar as Sugar and Spice. Mm-hmm. The movie pulled in three hundred thirty-six million on a hundred million dollar budget. So wow. it was a uh, it was quite the box office, quite the box office blast there. Yeah. In the summer of I, for a second, I couldn't remember what you were gonna say, mm-hmm. or I couldn't remember what you said in terms of how much it made. So you said box office, and I wanted to say success. But for some reason, I heard the thirty-six, and I thought it lost money. Right. So I would have that would have no, had egg it, on my. It face. definitely did not lose money. Right. No matter no matter how anybody feels about it, it's a Batman movie in the nineties. People are gonna want to go mm. watch it when it was in. It was fresh and new, right off of Tim Burton. Yeah. And it promised to be a bit flashier, and the nineties mm-hmm. were flashy yeah. and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Uh, so Tyler. Yeah. You you said you saw it in the theaters, which I'm completely envious. Yes. Over because we wanted to see the we I remember going into the Warner Brothers store 
at the Galleria Mall. Um, the few times we went to the Galleria as kids, and I remember this and when Batman and Robin came out, I remember the fanfare over it. I yeah. remember the memorabilia over it and just being so taken in. Did you have any moments going to the mall or watching the TV spots or hearing the soundtrack? Did you have any moments that really stuck with you and your memories as a kid with this movie? Well, I can tell you, we, we got to talk about the soundtrack at some point. I don't yes. know if you want to do oh, it yeah. now or later. Yeah, hey, man, we'll, we'll have time. We will make I, time to talk about the soundtrack. I watched it all the way to the end. And, of course, you got to talk about, if you're going to talk about Batman Forever, you have to talk about Kiss from a Rose. Greatest yes. Seal. My favorite yes. song. It's it's so funny. As Steven was talking, he was kicking the question over to you. I wrote a note down, Kiss from a Rose. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's it's... Because of this movie, yep. and because it's an amazing song, it's my favorite song of all time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- when that cuts in at the end, you're like, oh my goodness, I forgot that this was the song uh, yes. that was written for this movie. Yep. Yeah. And have you have you seen the music video for it? Uh, probably like at some point, but not recently. It's it's Batman Forever clips spliced in, but it's full on seal. With a dress shirt open to reveal his, it was uh, directed by Joel Schumacher. Yeah, and he's just standing by the bat signal with his with his shirt blown in the wind and his chest exposed, and it's just it's glorious. Yeah, um, this (laughs) it's it's amazing. It's great. Um, This uh, the the mix of this song that song and this movie yeah. um is what i always draw on whenever i think of the 90s that's like the first like as soon as it kicks in bye yeah 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 like it, yeah. The, the two yep. will never be separated for yeah. me but it also it's what like i think really kick started like matt mentioned it kick started nostalgia i'd say this and eye to eye with the goofy movie mm-hmm. um like that really kick started Oh yeah, I love I, lo- I love Goofy movie and the soundtrack to that's great too. Um, but I just I love music and movie collaborations yeah. like that and like that that's what really puts a movie over the top mm-hmm. for me. So not only the memories of being so taken in by it and then yeah. watching it until the VHS tape wore out. Oh yeah, you know all the time as a kid, but also just as a kid hearing Kiss from a Rose and knowing that like I don't really know much about music mm-hmm. right now, but this is something special. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the '90s seemed like a particular uh, era where that was a thing, where like musicians would collaborate with movie yeah. producers and mm-hmm. kind of make us an actual soundtrack that went with. You know, it wasn't like they were just pulling songs, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Like it seems like everything today is more of a compilation. Like a soundtrack mm-hmm. is more of a compilation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's music that's already been written, already been made. But back then, it's like you would assign artists to make songs for your movie exactly Mm -hmm. exactly and uh um i think at the end credits hold me throw me kiss me kill me by you too yep like it's like as soon as um the opening credits hit and you get that you know the the edge like guitar with the closing credits the closing or what i say opening Opening credits yeah yeah. uh, closing credits that was was that on a u2 album or was that made for the movie that was uh so originally joel schumacher uh, in their uh, Zurupa tour, you yeah. two, um, Bono did their this Zootopia car- tour. Yes, their Zootopia tour, uh, backing the movie Zootopia that came out 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, he had this character named uh, I think Mephisto, uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. It, if you pick, if you look at pictures, I yeah. think it's pretty like synonymous yeah. with you two in the 90s. Um, but he had this character on this tour, and Joel Schumacher because of how like kind of crazy and day glow and like really neon and gritty yeah. a lot of the the landscapes are and a lot of like these street gangs are i mean which i mean the classic scene yeah. where like come and take a ride my llama cheap baby dick grayson steals yeah. a batmobile and then he which starts to, to smash it up yeah the offspring, offspring cover yeah um great song yeah, i love that scene uh, so, it's great. so great uh, so i forgot my suit all right yeah you forgot your suit we'll, we'll get yeah. hold on we'll Sorry, get, yeah, we'll get to that um so <laughs> I just a, I love this movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's like well, I think Tyler hit it perfectly on the head to where there's so many moments um from beginning to end yeah. and all these points in every in every act of the movie, you just sit back and go, I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie. Well, and the the aesthetic yeah. too, like you can tell there's they had some digital shots in mm-hmm. there. And there are very few shots to where you're to where you're like, oh, they're standing on a back lot. Like Gotham City it, right. 
in the flashiness, this Gotham City feels immersive like Tim Burton's first mm-hmm. movie does. Yeah. Whereas in Batman and Robin, there's a lot of scenes where they're like driving. You're like, oh, that's like a studio backlot. Right. So I give them credit for that, for basically creating a different image of Gotham City mm-hmm. and making that a character the same way that yeah. Tim Burton made that a character for mm-hmm. that first Batman yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but with real quick, with you 2 yes. Joel Schumacher wanted to use that character that Bono played on stage in the movie. He declined because he's like, with the end of that tour, it's the end of that character. Yeah. But they did, they let them use Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, <sighs> which is, again, which... That and Kiss from a Rose are like the one-two yeah. combo that makes that soundtrack to that makes that soundtrack yeah. to me. They're like they're they're like certain parts of each song that give mm-hmm. you like this Pavlovian response of like if there's like like the wow now 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 and Hold Me Throw Me Kiss Me Kill Me you're like oh my god yeah like, oh yeah yeah so the movie you mentioned the visuals the visuals are very yeah. grandiose and kind of bombastic both like vi- like. Visually, the movie's bombastic and with neon, but also like, like auditorily, like sonically. Yeah. Like there's a lot, a lot of the explosions are really like you, you said the word immersive. Yeah. It's really like, like, like it's immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole movie with with everything with the movie is immersive, but it, uh, Tyler, you mentioned the part, the I'll get drive through, like right at, right at the beginning, we kick off with action. Like we kick off with it's like, true, yeah, yeah. You, we we see this movie doesn't waste any time. Exactly, exactly. exactly. I mean, you, you start off with the classic. Um, it's become a running joke, but like the whole suit up montage where we get like, oh, it's still cool where, though. Where we yeah. see bat ass and like yeah, bat nipples, bat ass, um, <laughs> and like an over oversized, oversized cod pieces. Um, <laughs> uh, which it's funny. I, I read about um, Joel Schumacher when he decided to do like bat nipples and oversized uh-huh. cod pieces. The way they. The way I read it and the way they worded that piece of trivia, they said even Bob Kane felt uncomfortable with it. And so immediately I thought, he's usually cool with that kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> not in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it you just you start off with that montage and he's in the the my favorite Batman suit, the Panther suit. Yeah. Um, and as soon as that kind of he hits the you know, hits the gas and the flame comes out and he goes racing out of the Batcave, we see Two Face and his goons have taken a, a bank a bank security guard hostage and there's this big like gritty neon scene of like a bustling Gotham yeah. and it's 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 so cool you see like spotlights everywhere yeah. Dutch tilt going yeah. on to where like you're you're it's here's like, this new world we're not building it's a, up it's a to shock it. yeah. to the senses especially in contrast to what Batman and Batman Returns did yeah exactly and then you know Batman shows up there's this really cool shot to where you see they're like Batman Batman and you see uh the Batmobiles on a bridge and he comes swooping down on the bat rope and yeah. then that's where we see Dr. Chase Meridian like her hair her hair flowing in hot the wind. entrance yeah. yeah she's a hot entrance and I was like you're I'll telling say. me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got the fan like blowing her hair you know mm-hmm. and then when he like fine with me yeah and then uh, and then and when, when he, Batman goes to visit her at her apartment the, or whatever it seems like it seems like they got the fans on her the whole movie which again like you said I'm fine a fan with me. Yeah. Um, but then like the combat is much cooler than it's the Keaton true. movies. Yeah, it's it's very less kind of herky jerky limited mobility, and he's got on one of Two Face's goons. He does like a roll, like a takedown, kind of yeah. like an MMA style. Yeah, a lot takedown. of like MMA fighting moves. You still have the bat turn to where like Tyler. I don't know if you're familiar with. It's called the bat turn since there's no okay. mobility in the cowl. He moves his whole body to look to his left and to his right. Deliver thumbs up and Dude, stuff like that. Jeez. No. <laughs> right, right. Okay. I, I um, did like the scene where he just like faces off with the guy and just kicks him. I don't know if yeah. you caught that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it yeah. was like, the, it, <laughs> it like reminded Indiana me of Indiana Jones, Jones yeah, when exactly. he just pulls out the gun, you know? Exactly. And then that happens too at the uh, at the Edward Nigma gala. Batman comes busting through the ceiling yeah. a la, you know, very reminiscent of the first Batman yeah. with Michael Keaton. And like you get the guy with like the knife, like the the blades mm-hmm. on his on his wrists and he's like doing all these like like this handwork and this in this karate yeah, yeah. and then Batman's just standing there and then again just like kicks him, yeah. or, like punches him in the face. Tommy Lee Jones, you said he was miscast 
And I agree because he didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And you can tell in interviews that he's kind of apathetic towards the whole thing. Yeah. Didn't he do it because like his son was a comic book fan? Yeah, his son was a comic book fan. He played, it's almost like he said, I don't want to be in this fucking Batman movie. Uh, What's what's the uh, Jack Nicholson he's known for? I'll just play it like the Joker. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm going to. I, I'm gonna push back on this because okay. I thought he he's actually pretty good. Maybe it's just because he's Tommy Lee Jones, right? That's Probably. fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I but I, he get, he goes for it for sure. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. And 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 Stephen kind of pointed out yesterday. Maybe it would have been like if if he decided to go a stoic route. Like more kind of lethal, stoic, kind of how Two Face actually is. Like a more of a stark contrast. It, it would have been. To the Riddler. It would have been a fun uh, offset yeah. to like the Riddler, to where you've got like he's standing in the background, rather while Jim Carrey's hamming it up, and he's kind of like the, because th- you kind of don't buy him as a threat, like as the movie goes on, like you do, but he's just so silly and campy. Like when he That's finally, sure. when he finally yeah. faces off against Robin mm-hmm. on the Riddler's island. You're like, oh, I don't really see this guy as a threat. Yeah, but for sure, I mean, I will say that, I, I found him entertaining. He oh, might not be like ab- the best Two Face, but absolutely super entertaining. I, I, and you remember the performance? Like, yeah. whenever I thought of Two Face growing up, I mm-hmm. thought of Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like that, like that definitely has made a mark on like, like yeah. the enjoyment of this movie. Oh, just how. Just kind of visually, yeah. like how he looks and how they did the yeah. whole two face, the whole two face um, kind of um, duality, like the whole two face aesthetic. Yeah, like yeah. everything split. The whole yeah. two face, like oh yeah, he, he, it's very he does, on the nose. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and he does refer to himself as like us and our and stuff like that. So that's a small little touch. We're like, okay, you know, because it's two, mm-hmm. he's two different personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Which, funny enough, Tyler, do you remember Nagels in Florissant? Of course. I remember at Nagels when we were kids. Nagels is like a drug store, like five yeah. and dime type yeah, yeah. store. Um, yeah, we, but, we would go there and buy wiffle balls all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's very good for like knickknacks and like cheap candy it and was, stuff like that. It's not there anymore. No, but I do remember one time going to Nagels and seeing like a, like a two-faced Tommy Lee Jones Halloween mask, like a rubber mask, and it wasn't like... It only covers nice. the front of your face. Like you put it on, yeah. and I remember seeing that and thinking, "Whoa! Yeah. Like this is a two face mask." So that's one thing I do. That think up? Of. I didn't. I think like, we were. I was probably like seven years old or something. No, nah, I. Yeah. So you you probably saw it there. I also remember seeing it Nagel's like when I was like thirteen. Really? Before, they yeah, kept it around. It still was there. Huh? It's like it's someone Jul- please buy this. It's July. Yeah, I would gladly buy that if I saw it now. Yeah. It's ju- but, it's July two thousand three. Yeah, exactly. Batman Forever is gonzo. Forever. Yeah, is forever. July 2003 and I feel alive. Yeah, which is funny, the name Batman Forever. Sorry, Stephen, I'll get, I know you're still wanting to kind of cover some stuff, but Tim Burton Burton doesn't like the name because it sounds like a tattoo, like Batman Forever. I think it'd be funny if a guy that does have that tattoo, like, found that out and kind of tried to subtly cover it. I was like, yeah, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so you mentioned duality, um, Tyler, I, I didn't, it's my favorite Slipknot song. Yes. Um, I didn't pick up on this as a kid, obviously, but if you watch it more as an adult, and then I've watched behind the scenes interview of kind of what they were trying to go for. Did you pick up on the psychological element of it? Watching it again? For sure. Yeah. It's definitely intentional. Uh, especially bringing in a character that is a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole duality with uh, Batman himself, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Dick yeah. Grayson, Robin. And then I think even at some point, there's kind of a thematic statement. I can't remember who says it. Maybe it's Chase Meridian. Yeah. But she says something like, everybody is two people. You yeah. know, it's, mm-hmm. we're the person that we are in the shadows and the person that we choose to be or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So and- credit to Joel Schumacher for... I mean, there's actual thought and intention put into trying to exemplify the actual character of Batman. Yes. As, I, you know, because people will be, oh, flashy bat nipples, mm-hmm. cod pieces, earrings, all that stuff. But it's like, if you dig down into it, there was great attention to detail in terms of the actual character of Batman and who he really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it, there, it's a lot of the time with Chase Meridian 
um, like Tyler mentioned, Nicole Kidman's character, to where she's having these conversations with Bruce that it really starts to kind of dislodge these suppressed um, traumatic memories. Yeah. I mean, every, everybody, if you know the story of Batman, you know his parents were gunned down in Crime Alley, and yeah. that's why he's Batman. Um, but it almost seems like through a lot of the movies, unless they bring it up, Batman's just kind of going through the motions of being Batman, but mm. as he's lost kind of like why he did it because yeah. he's suppressed that trauma for so long that when he's talking to Dr. Chase Meridian, he's starting to like really, he's starting to have like these nightmares again of like, um, did I cause my parents death for wanting to go see that movie? And then now I tried to stop the flying Grayson's Dick's parents and Mm -hmm. his family from being killed by two face. You know, I can't stop these things from happening. And now so much of my trauma is paralleled with this kid's trauma. I say kid, like, Chris O'Donnell's like 25 when he did this. Right. Um, but yeah, he's like, and there's a lot of hilarious stuff <laughs> about, you know, him being 25, yeah. but keep going. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you know, there, there's this, the first scene between them. Like he, he knows Chase Meridian as Batman, yeah. but he hasn't met her as Bruce Wayne yet. Yeah. Um, and he's getting these riddles from, you know, spurned, former Wayne Enterprises employee, Dr. Edward Nigma, yeah. who becomes the Riddler, Jim Carrey. And uh, they're just talking, These they're going over these riddles. I actually kind of wrote some stuff here. Um, and let's see, where did I start here? Uh, and he's bringing these riddles to her to kind of get, you know, maybe psychologically, mm-hmm. where is this person who's giving, you know, sending me these riddles? Um, like The riddles are so cool. They oh, are. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Not just the way they're like formatted and presented, but like the actual ones. You're like, oh, that's really good. That's a that's quite the brain teaser. Yeah. I always enjoy puzzles and movies. You know, yes. stuff that makes you think. Yes, yes for exactly. sure. And this these were written by uh, the quote unquote puzzle master for NPR at the time. Sounds like a Batman villain. The puzzle master. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the puzzle the master. Real life was one of the choices that Jim Carrey was trying to yeah. choose between. Yeah. The, the Quizzler. Yeah. Captain <laughs> Kill. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, so he's bringing this to Doctor Chase Meridian, yeah, because he's like, you know, what's kind of like, what what's the deal with this person sending me these riddles? Like, yeah. is he is he crazy? And you know, she's you know, she has the lines where she's like, he sounds like a total wacko. Yeah, is, like, is that the, your professional opinion? Yeah, as they're exploring the Riddler psychology, um, yeah, they're so getting like, into she, yeah, she says, you know, the compulsions and obsessions towards their target won't be quelled. You know, until, and there's a shot where Batman or where Bruce, it's just on him and he finishes her sentence. He's like, until I'm dead. And then he notices there's this Rorschach drawing. Mm-hmm. He sees it as a bat. He's like, yeah. you have a fascination with bats, doctor. She's like, that's a Rorschach drawing. You see, like the patient will see yeah. whatever they want to see. So what it is, is that's illustrating how deep the trauma of being Batman, how much of Bruce Wayne is Batman, yeah. whether he tries to accept it or deny it, whether mm-hmm. it's become a, a burden on him or it's still a um, it's still a responsibility. Yeah. There's so much of that he deals with. Um, so much of there's a, there's other instances to where it's dis, it's dislodging suppressed trauma, like I yeah. said, like um, and he has these dream sequences and these flashbacks mm-hmm. uh, as a child at his parents' funeral. Uh, and then after what happens with the flying Graysons at the circus, like Dick comes to live with them. Bruce is having like a major flashback yeah. and he start he's like, he's brought back to reality by Alfred getting his attention. And he said, he says something like, I, I noticed it as a kid cause I watched it so much, but I didn't notice kind of like the gravity of what yeah. he said. Um, he's talking about like the, the monster in the darkness mm-hmm. that plagued him. There's another yeah. monster coming out for this kid. Yeah. Um, and he's saying like, you know, those boys' parents, like I killed him, you know, two yeah. shots, like he killed him. And he's like, you said, I, sir, I killed him. Yeah. So he's taking responsibility and it's, it's all this trauma that's getting mixed up. Yeah. It's Joel Schumacher knew what he was doing mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. So can we talk about Chris O'Donnell? Yes, real quick? please. Yes. Because yes. yes, I have two. We can, we can have, take the rest of the episode to talk about Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, please go ahead. Take, take it, take it with Chris O'Donnell. All right, so you guys mentioned that Chris O'Donnell was 25 when this yeah. movie came out. Yeah. Just I looked about, it up. Yeah. He, he was born in 1970. Yes. They talk about him like he's 12. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so after his parents die, he shows up at Wayne Manor, 
and Alfred's like, you know, he has nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's a war- he's going to be a ward of the ward state of the s- or yeah, exactly. all this stuff. It's like, hey, man, you're 25. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think at one point, like, um, I think Commissioner Gordon says he's been talking with Child Protective Services. Oh, he's, been talking, oh, he's been talking yes. with, he's been doing paperwork and talking with social services <laughs> social all day. Services. I was like, he's 25. <laughs> and like, he, he, came in, he came in riding a motorcycle. Exactly. <laughs> even, even if the character isn't played as 25, he's at least in college. Yeah, well, that's what Bruce says. He says like, um, yeah. I, I don't remember. He he, he says after, like, after, how, after Dick saves him, yeah. um, like, what the after, hell do you think you're doing? Yeah, like uh, after a confrontation, Batman is a confrontation with Two-Face yeah. and after dick kind of saves him um they're in the they're in the cave and he's like yeah. what the hell do you think we're, you were doing he's like i need a name bat boy nightwing that, what is it uh, that popped me because i was like yeah. if, if you would have played him as nightwing that's a bit more forgivable because yeah. that's an older dick grayson yeah he's, i think the i think the criticism would have been maybe downplayed a little bit mm-hmm. if you hadn't tried to play him like he's like he's a boy right yeah. sure right. yes but other than that like that that being said, when I was growing up, Chris O'Donnell was like the coolest looking dude I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's he rides a motorcycle, he's got a leather jacket, he has an earring, he's got an earring, he does his laundry really in a dude, cool way. Those sideburns too. Oh, yeah. it's great. The sideburns it great. were really but, cool. Oh, yeah, you got to talk about the laundry scene because that was wild. I was that, like, yes. why that is, is this in the movie? Yeah, Ex- exactly. And and I mean, I love that scene, and I loved it growing up. I loved it. Th- I kid. thought it was so cool. so cool, just that matched with the music, and mm-hmm. like he winks at Alfred. But like, you go from a scene. I think it's right after Two Face and the Riddler are robbing the jewel, are doing like jewelry yeah. heists. Yeah, yep. and then you have like forty five seconds of Chris O'Donnell doing laundry. I guess just to show how cool he is. Just he does it in a very cool way and responsible because yeah. he's doing his own laundry. It's true because he's a grown man. Yes, um, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then they go to another important scene. So it's like as much as I loved it, you never ask yourself why is that there. Yeah. But um, I don't care yeah. because I think it's cool. He's wearing an earring, and it made me want to get an earring when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it is cool, and and you know what? Because it's cool, I think that's reason enough for it to be in the film. But in my notes, I literally just wrote down the laundry scene with Chris O'Donnell. What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, because after after years of just singing that scene's praises, I sat there. And after that scene, I was like, why was that in there? Because uh, <laughs> it's only like 40 seconds long and no one says anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. He, it's, it's, you know what? It's, I justified it. He's making himself at home. Well, you know, yeah. well, you know what would have yeah. been better if that were an actual 12-year-old doing it. Now, that would be cool. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> actually, a 12-year-old riding a full-grown motorcycle would have been hilarious. <laughs> there's, there's so many ways this could have turned into or, a comedy. Or, no, no, no. He, if he's a twelve-year-old, he's in the, he's in a sidecar and a circus performer is driving it, like the bearded lady or, or a something. bear. And he's like, "Oh, thanks, Rita." He's like, "Oh, no problem, Dickie. Oh. We'll see you later." You Man, know? dude, that's another part about Dick Grayson's character that I just love in this movie is Batman is like, he's okay. So Dick Grayson is obsessed with getting revenge on Two Face, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Batman's like, "No, you don't want to do that because when you kill him." You'll just have to kill more or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want him to ruin his life. He's coming from the circus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, know what, you know what shit he's probably seen from a young age? Yeah, like some some yeah. weird bearded lady on Strongest Man on Bear in a Shriner hat weird shit. Yeah, exactly. And also, you don't get the taste of blood and you're like, I need to kill more because you sound like a serial killer. Like if you right. if you phrase it that way, like you'll just need to kill more. It's like, no, I won't. Two-Face is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, if you would have said it doesn't bring your parents, does he say it doesn't bring your parents yeah, he back? He says like, it, like you, you'll keep yeah. killing and killing and then you'll wonder, and then one day you'll wake up and wonder like, why am I why, doing Why this? are my sheets bloody? <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> that that's what you'll be wondering. Yeah, but I think it would have been better if you would have entered the scene in a sidecar with the bearded lady driving a motorcycle. Yes, you've said that already. Yeah. Yes, thank I just, you very I just much. think it's a funny image. You know what else is a funny image? Batman on jury duty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so okay, yeah. Because because he's watching the scene. Because he's watching. I guess he saved the footage. Bruce, Bruce is watching. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce is watching he the just footage. Had an encounter with Two Face. He's watching the footage of of uh, Harvey Dent getting the acid thrown on him, which Boss Maroney just has a cup of acid in his pocket. 
I don't know. Sure. But the way in the way he's hit with it, it makes it look like Tommy Lee Jones hit himself in the face with it because he's mm-hmm. like, ah. Yeah. But like, I it it always stuck with me in that scene. They're like, Batman, you know, tried to save the day, but he couldn't. And it's just this shot of Batman running. And he just happens to be in the courtroom, and it looks like he's running from from <laughs> in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah. From on the jury, the imagery of Batman. Imagine, imagine the court sketch artist. And it's Batman. Like, I was jury duty, not yeah. Bruce Wayne, or yeah. or just Batman sitting there. Like, can you imagine yeah. just this court sketch of that? Yeah. Like everybody, everything's <laughs> yeah. just kind of normal. Like you see, you see like uh like uh, Harvey Dent giving his closing statements on yeah. Boss Roni. You just see Batman. Yeah. just sitting there. Um, and then there's this perfect, this is perf- his face is perfectly split down the middle because he's covered it with a manila folder. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, just like half of it. <laughs> it's a perfect Cause, straight cause, line down his face. Because we all know acid doesn't eat through manila folders. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly. right. I think, you know what? They should have they should have run more tests on that kind of thing. Well, I'm, well, they should have at Staples. They should the manila folder. That yeah. should be their their tagline. It's like acid doesn't eat through it. Yeah. I think I think there's a drastic lack of Pauly Shore in this movie. Just a random thought with it being from the nineties. I think I think he should have been Danny DeVito's penguin, but not like not the penguin, but Danny DeVito's penguin. So he's got the grotesque makeup and the stringy hair. And as he's sending out penguins in the background, you see him doing that Tai Chi that he does. Mm. He's like, Go oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think that would have been a nice touch. Yeah. Okay. Just a I, random thought I had while watching it yesterday. Yeah. Pardon me. Why? While I uh, disagree with you there. Yeah. Um. But uh, what were you talking about? Free sidebar at us. Uh, sidecard us. Yes. Like uh, we're Robin. talking about Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Chris yeah, O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Robin. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So we had mentioned the scene where he takes a joyride in the Batmobile. Yes. I, I was actually gonna say we should bring that up because that's one of the coolest scenes in the movie. It is because you also you get Gotham at night. So yeah. it's just really done, like dingy, grungy looking, like dark, but also still like yeah. colorful cityscape. And like the the prostitutes are all yeah. all in these like day glow getups, which are played by In Vogue, yes. famous R and B group. Yes, exactly. You get the streetwalkers and the CD characters. But and before the ga- that, you've got a classic Alfred line where where Val Kilmer, Bruce Wayne, is hanging out with Dr. Chase Meridian, and he calls him on his watch. And he's like, Master Grayson took the car. He's like, oh, the Jaguar? He's like, no, sir, the other car. And then he names the one. Bentley. And he's like, the no, Bentley? The Bentley? No, the car. The other car. And then See, smash it I think, up. I think it would have been funny if that scene just would have kept going on, like a family guy cutaway for <laughs> yeah. just like a minute. And he's yeah. just like trying to guess what car it is. And he's like, <laughs> no, the other car. You know, and it just keeps heightening. No, the other car. The other car. He took the Batmobile. God damn it. <laughs> he just yells it. Dr. Chase Marini's like, what? He's like, oh, nothing. See ya. Gotta uh, go. Batmobile. What? Sorry. Bye. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Never heard of such a thing. But he, yeah, he goes on a joyride with the Batmobile, and he goes to save. He sees this girl as being accosted by, they uh, They scared me as a kid. You know, the this, street gang? The yeah, street for gang. For sure. Um, Don the, the Dragon the Wilson. The main guy was scary. Yeah, yeah exactly. Plus, like, his... The who the hell are you? Like his voice mm-hmm. is like super gravelly. I'm and Batman. Yeah. So, but okay. So this bugs me. I was thinking about this randomly at work a few months ago. Um, so he goes, I'm Batman. And everybody starts laughing at him because he's in street clothes. He's like, so I forgot my suit. All right. Let's say he is Batman. They <laughs> believe he's Batman. Why would he go out on patrol and forget his suit? I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. Schumacher magic. Uh, it's just, just the, li- the line doesn't make sense. If, if this is Batman, the world's greatest detective, and the world's greatest combat fighter, how could he forget something so crucial as his suit? Chris O'Donnell has an earring, Stephen. Who cares? That's right. He's cool. I know. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he is cool. And he, He's the coolest little boy in the movie. He, sli- he glides down a, a, a curtain... Um, to get into the yeah. Bat Cave as the doors that's closing. A, that's a cool scene. Yeah, when he like infiltrates the Bat Cave, he's yeah, like, he now. uses his trapeze skills to infiltrate yeah. the Bat Cave. Mm-hmm. That that is really that cool. is that is pretty cool. Um, but I think we would be remiss. Got to talk about Jim Carrey. I'd say we would be remiss we if to. we didn't talk about Jim Carrey. Perfect. Jim Carrey's performance in this movie is the one reason why anybody should watch this movie. If you've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because that's the one reason to see it. 
Exactly. Yeah. Because it's full on. We're talking. Jim Carrey was gigantic in the mid nineties. Like this was, I mean, we're talking Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. Like he, he was monstrous and he had his the mask, sh- the mask. He, he had his, I don't want to say shtick because that implies that it's hacky and that he can't do anything else, but he, he had his identity. People knew who Jim Carrey was. Mm-hmm. They knew what kind of characters he played. And I think this marriage was great because Schumacher was going for like a mid nineties version of the Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that's what it ended up being. That's right. not, was, was not his original intention. And Jim Carrey was playing a, just a perfect like facsimile of Frank Gorshin from the 60s yeah but he added his jim carrey touch to yeah. it and he is just like when we say he chews up scenery it's like oh you can only draw your focus to him whenever he's in a scene even mm-hmm. if batman's in a scene it just jim carrey does far and away is the best performance of the movie mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. i mean and he has so many great one-liners in this movie too he's so quotable oh for sure like when like we'll still say like yeah we're like batman batman you say come in for you or even as edward enigma caffeine i'll kill kill you yeah exactly oh it's so great uh i do so the red it's like it's a my favorite edward enigma line though is so when he kills his boss or whatever the day after yeah uh and this is just something I, I picked up on last night. Yeah. But he was like, um, he's kind of eulogizing his boss, and he's like, mm-hmm. and he's trying to sell it like he didn't do yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he was like my father or my brother <laughs> or like a cousin who visits all the time. As soon as he, because I, I remember the cadence, but when he says the cousin who visits all the time, uh, I'm like, that's good. That's, that's hilarious. So weirdly specific. Yeah, and then when he has like the 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 letter that he's like, um, why can't I like think the today? envelope he's gonna put on the gate of Wayne Manor? Or no, it's not the envelope he's gonna put on the gate of Wayne Manor. The he suicide has, letter. Yeah, he has like the suicide oh, letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has uh, yeah, the suicide letter, and he's like, you'll see. He he said something real quick. He's like, Hoo. he's like blubbering. He's like, you'll see that the um, you'll see like the handwriting and the signature is all the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like he just has these quick little quips in there, but yeah, like Tyler said, if you watch this movie and you you take anything, even if even if you think you watched it with rose colored glasses as a kid and you watch it again, the takeaway is Jim Carrey's performance. As much as I love everything about this movie, like what sticks out is Jim Carrey. It contributes heavily to my love mm-hmm. for this movie yeah. and my and like the the aesthetic of this movie just yeah. like his costume and his hair and mm-hmm. he's like spinning the cane yep. he's doing all that stuff it's just yeah. it's just so good mm-hmm. yeah. the costumes are, are fucking hilarious oh, oh yeah so, it's great the, like the like, green tights with the question marks all over <laughs> yeah it. and then when he's got the jacket he he well he's that he wears while he's jogging at night mm-hmm. and then his hair is all crazy and he's got the silver spandex at the end like <sighs> yeah it's it's just it's Speaking of costumes, like I, th- I always thought Robin's costume looked cool. Mm-hmm. Like all nipples and cod pieces aside, I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, kind of, and uh, nice this trapeze uniform, nice homage to like classic Robin. Mm-hmm. But speak, I mean, we're talking about how much Jim Carrey is great. Um, same cannot be said for how uh, Tommy Lee Jones felt about Jim Carrey because he hated Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Really, I haven't heard this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, I don't know. If this was, I'd like to think this was unprovoked that he said this. Like Jim Carrey says, "Hey, Tommy Jones, I'm Jim Carrey," and uh, it's it, he's he's known to have told Jim Carrey to his face, "I uh, I don't like you and I hate your movies." <laughs> so I'd like to think Jim Carrey said, "Hey, I'm Jim Carrey. I don't like you and I hate your movies." <laughs> like first, like, first. <laughs> first impression. Yeah, it's like unprovoked. It's mm-hmm. like okay, because like. It's just so funny to watch interviews. I know we mentioned this kind of earlier, but to watch interviews with Tommy Lee Jones when he's promoting the movie because he's so like stone faced yeah. and giving like the most overarching general 
um, idea, like the most general synopsis of the movies. Like, it's like a big cartoon, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, it's fun, fun to be around people having fun or something like that <laughs> without directly saying this. <laughs> not mo- with your kids at tumble. This movie's a piece of shit. Like it's, yeah. it's not saying that yet. <laughs> I just like, it's fun being around kids who have fun. <laughs> <laughs> not kids, but like people. Right. Who have fun. Right. He's like, it's, it's very colorful. It's like a big cartoon. It's like, Craft services are pretty good. He was like, hey, go to every so courthouse out So he was like embarrassed to be in this movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, it pretty much was, the the main reason was his son was a comic book fan and his son loved Two-Face, so he did it for his son. And like, Man, someone like, needs to tell Tommy Lee Jones there's a lot worse movies to be in. Yeah, yeah. like the yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. <laughs> Bob yeah. Hoskins did because his kids liked video games. Mm-hmm. He's sensing a theme here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah or like some of these movies that like uh, older actors do, like De Niro has done these grandpa movies recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it, like, yeah, come of on, course. man. Of all yeah. the, of all the terrible roles you could do, Two Face in Batman Forever is definitely it's not at the top of the yeah. list. I agree. Plus, it made you a shit ton of money. So stop, stop, I'll say. stop crying, Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. You got you got a Halloween mask out of it. Hey man. It could have been worse. You could have been in Congo, which came out the same summer. Yeah, it's um, true. So Tim Curry was in that one. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, I think he made the best of it. Yeah, um, but there's, it's one of those things where we hit on a lot, but I feel like there's just there's so much more. I think about I think Batman violates the bro code when or I think Bruce Wayne's violating the bro code with Batman when uh, when uh, he decides to hit on Doctor Chase Meridian. Just saying. Yeah, all right. The bro code is... Because they're indi- two different people. It's indicative of guys who are super insecure about themselves. The yeah. bro code. It's true. Probably uh, listen to Disturbed. Sorry if you adhere to the bro code there, Tyler. If you do, <laughs> um, uh, it's very nice and a very uh, nice way to conduct yourself. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know what the bro code is exactly. Well, Batman violated it with Bruce Wayne <laughs> going after Bruce Wayne's girl. And got it, versa. got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all, that's all you need to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But, um, damn, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah, something also that didn't sit well with me is, well, A, when, um, but Val Kilmer, by the way. I think he's I good. I love Val Kilmer in Val this Kilmer movie. Val Kilmer is great in this um, movie. The only thing I yeah. would say is maybe have a bit more of a delineation between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Like, the the sure. Bruce Wayne's a bit too Batman-like stoic, mm-hmm. which works in some scenes yep. where it's just him and, like, Alfred or something. But, like, when he's in public or at a gala or whatever, like at Edward Nigma's gala, he should have been kind of, like, cocksure and kind of annoying. And, but you know, maybe maybe have a bit more like Doc Holliday. Like, yeah. Val Kilmer has Doc Holliday mm-hmm. in there um, because he fucking killed it in um, Tombstone. Yep. And so, uh, but, yeah, I love Val Kilmer's Bat. I, I, I think it's funny I, how there's, like, that eternal mystery surrounding Batman's identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned how Val Kilmer kind of plays it like they're the same type of person. Yeah, exactly. It's so, and it's, so like, it's like it's it's funny because it's like, oh wait, you mean to tell me that the billionaire bachelor is is Batman? Yeah, yeah. Like, and who else is it going to be in Gotham City? Yeah. Right, exactly. To that point, too. They they Tim Burton had the same issue with his movies. Um, we did. Uh, probably about a year and a half ago, we did an episode about 89 Batman with Jeff Wright. You know Jeff Wright. Um, and yes. He brought up this point that I think is so funny that nobody touches on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it comes as a surprise to people whenever Bruce Wayne brings up the fact that his parents were murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think the Waynes are like top 10 most like richest family in, in the world. In the world. Yeah. Don't you think it would be like big news and go down in the history books that Thomas and Martha Wayne were murdered? <laughs> yeah. And everyone is like acting as though Bruce Wayne himself is shrouded. I mean, you said shrouded in mystery, but like Dr. Chase Meridian says things like, Oh, who were your parents? Stuff like that's like, I think people would like know. Yeah, who the you know, Waynes you know were. the big Wayne building. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's my. Those were my parents. Yeah, and when and when Robin <laughs> says or Chris O'Donnell says like your parents weren't killed by a homicidal maniac. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, but granted, he's probably on the road in the circus. Yeah, but so. you still know who the Waynes are, right? Like, especially if Bruce Wayne is supposed to be this world-renowned figure, it's, and even in Gotham, even yeah. if you're new to Gotham, mm-hmm. um, you know if you know Bruce Wayne you know Bruce Wayne's history. 
At least I would think so. I I don't know. I, no no more of that no more of that bad talk. Yeah, yeah we're because, talking about a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, what I was saying was. Um, one thing that always stuck out to me when he invites Dr. Chase Meridian to the circus, he's like, tell me, doctor, do you like the circus? Like he's got a lisp. Some of them like, I don't, I, I don't know where the lisp came from, but whenever I hear the word circus, I think of circus. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're at the circus, when Tommy Lee Jones uh, wants to, is calling out, you know, cause he's like, you know, Batman is amongst us. Who, who of you is Batman? And uh, there's the commotion. Even when you pasty face twits as Batman. Yeah, and there's the commotion. And it always kind of bugged me that he stood up. He's like, Harvey, I'm Batman. Like in the commotion, there wasn't one guy in front like, oh, wait, what? You're- yeah, or like oh. Chase Meridian sitting right next to him. Yeah, exactly. So that. that- like, what'd you say? Yeah, <laughs> wait, huh? What? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I have, have zero issue with Val Kilmer's. Uh, Batman, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't did. think it was bad. I know no, it was great. Like a lot of people had pushback. Yeah, it was. I think he, what I read. I think he looked like a good Bruce Wayne. I, I think, think. I think he, his portrayal as Batman was cool. Yeah, the voice was a nice hush, whispered tone. It wasn't like the growly Christian Bale. I really like one. when yep. at the so at, like like we said the beginning of the movie, the first twenty minutes is like super yeah. action packed, and part of that is. Uh, Two-Face has commandeered a helicopter mm-hmm. and Bruce, like, he he had, like, trapped Bruce in this safe My with a hostage. We have yeah. to talk about the security guard. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't have to talk about the security guard, even though I was quoting every line he was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my hearing aid! Uh, yeah, when Bruce takes it, or when Batman takes it, and he's like, let me use this. Thanks. Like, that's just that's like an, an Adam West thing. That's an Adam West thing. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, uses it the and then... Aid. Thanks. Yeah. And then keeps using it. Um, but he traps him in this big safe mm-hmm. and then uh, they're like, he's dragging it with the helicopter yeah. and then Bruce escapes and he's climbing up this chain, which is really cool. Um, and he like, he gets the security guard to safety and Bruce, I keep saying Bruce, it's Batman. We all Val. know, we all know Br- Val. Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yes. Val Kilmer gets on Val Kilmer as, as Val Kilmer gets on yeah. this helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and I kept the test footage in there. Shit. Yeah. Um, uh, but he, he punches through the, uh, the cod, the driver said not drive the pilot side of the yeah. helicopter. And he goes, you need help Harvey. And like, he does that's like, a cool little that's touch. A, that's a cool they Batman. know each other. I like yeah. there's, there's reference to past Batman excursions yeah. in this movie. Yeah. So he's like, like when he, the first time he talks to Dr. Chase Meridian, he's like, it's, you know, it's two face, you know, I, you know, he's getting, he's trying to get to me cause I just yeah. put him away and blah, blah, blah. It's no. golden face. <laughs> it's golden face. <laughs> Go puck yourself. Yeah. Um, but I just I like how there's like there's at least reference to past yeah. like Batman outings and it's actual there's intention like yeah, I said before exactly um, one thing that I hated as a kid and I still kind of hate now is uh, when Rid- when the Riddler blows up the Batcave yeah um, because I'm like all oh, that cool stuff uh, but but it's probably the it's probably the Riddler's best scene in the whole movie yeah because it's Jim Carrey just it gets to be full on Jim Carrey mm-hmm. yep oh yeah. Like the scene where he's uh he's pitching the grenade, yeah. you know, and they got the dun dun yeah. dun, 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 dun dun dun. The organ music comes yeah. in, and he's just doing like all the baseball stuff. It's really cool. It's mm-hmm. it's awesome. And then uh, I I as it, it went the way he blows up the Batmobile, he does like this power walk over to it, yeah. and then tosses like this bag of like Riddler bat bombs yeah. in there, and when he blows it up. Uh, you get this perspective shot of him going off into the foreground and yeah. he does like the, he like squats down yeah. and gets this like grimace, like this grimace on his face um, as the Batmobile an blows awesome, up. An awesome still shot from the movie though is when he does like the, his pelvic thrust and there's uh-huh. the explosion going off on, on either side, on either of, side of him. Yeah, yeah. that's yep. cool. That, that, that's, that's a good, like I could see that as like a promo shot yeah. that they released the movie on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it was a cool, Batmobile, and that was yeah. the last we saw the Panther suit and all the gadgets. But it led way to the unfinished sonar suit. Yeah, which I would have wanted. A toy of I would have wanted one more Val Kilmer Batman movie. Yeah, I think. But you know, he was right to turn it down just with the the full on direction. It was well. It also, was going. Joel Schumacher uh, didn't like working with Val Kilmer. Oh well, 
Okay. Really? So that too. Yeah. So he was like, you know, Val Kilmer. He said he was like, he was like a, a spoiled child. He was really difficult to work with and stuff like that. Um, I'd like to isn't think that the actor you want to play Batman, though. Yeah, exactly. exactly. A spoiled yeah. rich child. I'd like to think the producers are like, "What about Val Kilmer?" And Joel Schumacher's like, "Oh, Val, kill me." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, but he, but I, I assume we're probably gonna wrap up uh, here getting soon. close. Yeah, but yeah. um, it's funny that you mentioned before we started that Joel Schumacher actually wanted to go in a darker direction mm-hmm. and kind of with the psychology, but the the Warner Brothers is the one that coaxed him into going more flashy. Yeah, because yeah. like. Batman Returns is super dark and gothic and weird and, and weird. Like yeah. the just the pang, just look at the penguin alone. Like yeah. the character design of the penguin in that movie, and they had like Paulie Shore. We almost saw it. In no, this movie. it wasn't Paulie Shore. <laughs> Stop trying to sell me on that. Uh, but uh, they had a deal with McDonald's because McDonald's released you know would promote Batman Returns, but they were really really upset. Oh my god. With how dark yeah. and just kind of grotesque the movie was, that they're like, if Tim Burton comes back for another Batman, we we here at McDonald's will not back <laughs> yeah. another Batman movie. Yeah. They told Warner Brothers, they're like, we're not backing another Batman movie if Tim Burton's back, because mm-hmm. they thought it was, it, and it was, it's Tim Burton who made just Batman Returns is like a sick movie. Well, and he was gonna make Mickey Dolan's from the Monkees as the Riddler. Yeah, it's like what? Either one of him or Robin Williams. <laughs> Yeah, well, Robin Williams, that was, like, Joel Schumacher wanted Robin Williams as well at first, but Robin Williams didn't want to do it because he was basically a bargaining chip for Jack Nicholson for, and in, for as, the, as Joker. the Joker. Yeah, so he was still kind of salty about that, which understandably so. Yeah. But Mickey Dolenz, it's like, hey, hey, I'm the Riddler. Bet you can't figure <laughs> it out, you know. It's, uh, it just doesn't, it's like, stop singing, Mickey. But just it, give riddles. It just, uh... Warner Brothers just wanted a lighter movie, so what's uh what what is the what is the contrast to the world Tim Burton created? The sixty six Batman. Exactly. So like we want that. Yeah. Yep. Um but it's uh I think Joel Schumacher's vision of it was really, really great and like really big and operatic and grandiose. Yeah. Well and who who did the um Elliot Goldenthal. Elliot Goldenthal. I mean, Danny Elfman is iconic, but mm-hmm. Elliot Goldenthal you know, we need to give kudos to him because his became very synonymous with this movie mm-hmm. without like copying Danny Elfman yeah. or whatever. It was its own thing and had its own identity. So I think his music was really good in it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the score, it's like, I wrote, it's like sinister circus music. Yeah. Um, like which it, it, is appropriate. Yeah. It has like, it, you have like the sweeping marching epics, but you also yeah. have like, really like off kilter like hypnotic mm-hmm. like parts of the score with usually using like theremins and stuff yeah, like that yeah um but tyler was there anything else oh i mean we could i know we touched a little bit on the marketing um oh yeah yeah did you did you have any batman apparel or batman batman forever toys or anything from this movie uh you know i i think I don't know if I had any Batman Forever toys. I had a lot of the... I watched the animated series growing up. Yes. So great. Um, The one where Mark Hamill voices the Joker, you know. Oh, yeah. I remember um, there was a Batman animated movie called The Mask of the Phantasm. Yes. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of Batman stuff from from that era. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing I can remember from Batman Forever. But but I did have a question for you guys based on this movie. Did Bruce Wayne... And Chase Meridian stay together. What do you um, think? I I like to think, uh, I I like I'm, in an alternate because obviously we see in Batman and Robin that they didn't pursue that. But if if these characters right, had right. stayed in this universe, if it's like um, a standalone universe, I I you know I think with her ability to understand the psychology, there's no like, there's no feeling of abandonment. There's more of an understanding there. And so when he has to go be Batman, she, I mean, granted, everyone has their breaking point, especially like if Batman's going out every night, like she can only take so much, but I would like to think so. That's uh that's my power couple of the mid nineties, Bruce Wayne and Dr. Chase Meridian. Yeah. I would like to sure. think so for my, for my own childhood heart. Right. To think that, you know, my, 
the 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 love interest from one of if not maybe my favorite batman movie that everything worked out i just everything in this movie i want to stay as is Mm -hmm. like so i i would like to assume that yes they stay together good question i think maybe for a little bit but like you said i think eventually because in the comic books batman marries catwoman so i feel like something that kind of has legs Mm -hmm. and something that has staying power i think he has to be with someone from that world. Sure. And I think Dr. Chase Meridian will get through to Bruce Wayne, but when it comes to him going out as Batman, yeah. it might become too much sure. um, for her. I'd like to think for a look, maybe like six months, and then she's like, I can't do this anymore, Bruce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or she becomes a, a super... You, you got to kick hero. Robin out because he's a grown man. Everyone can see it. I don't know why you can't see it. This is yeah, a grown yeah, ass. Get this man. guy an apartment on Staten Island. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Give give him like a year's worth of rent. Like and give him a motorcycle or something. Yeah, exactly. And like he can keep his suit and stuff downstairs, but like he yeah. can't be living here when I'm walking out in a bathrobe every morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but uh, uh what do you think? What do you what do you hope? Yeah, I think that they do. I think they do stay together. Like they dis he's disclosed so much to her. Yeah. She's the only one who knows he's Batman. It's true. Yeah. You know, do you it's think funny too how after like two or three dates, he had this conflict, this internal conflict. Oh of yeah. like, am I going to tell this woman <laughs> who yeah. I really am? This is funny of movie pacing. <laughs> like re- relationships aren't realistic at all. You're like, how could you be in love with right. this person? You've known him for night for twenty minutes. Um, um, I think it's funny because maybe he did it out of desperation. He's like, she's such a good psychologist. She's going to find out anyway. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, probably not. Does Alfred keep his rattle trap shut? Yeah. Oh, um, so real quick, I like how there's actual detective work that's done yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, when he's solving the riddles and stuff like that. So that's yes. nice. We, yeah, because um, you don't often think of Batman as a detective. Yeah. Even though, even though that's what he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. You think of him more as like an enforcer. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. You think you're thinking of him as this badass martial artist, but mm-hmm. he's one of the smartest guys around. Yeah. Also, Stephen, didn't isn't this the first movie you watched after you got glasses? Yes. In oh grade? yeah, I, I I didn't bring that up. Uh, so I'm currently wearing glasses, um, so I can see all of you. <laughs> uh, but uh, when I got glasses in the fourth grade, um, the first movie, as soon as I got home, I looked at the back of the VHS case, and on the back, one of the shots is. Bruce Wayne and Chase Meridian at the Edward Nigma gala. Yeah. And Bruce is wearing glasses, which is a funny little bit to show how like it kind of Edward Nigma is kind of obsessed with Bruce yeah. Wayne. Like after Bruce puts on glasses, when he's talking to him, Edward Nigma takes out glasses and puts yeah. them on. <laughs> I noticed when, that. Yeah. When Bruce takes them off nonchalantly, he t- he t- it's the tight shot on Edward Nigma. He just he takes, takes off his glasses. Yeah. No he's, one he's got the line it. too, where he says, does my mole look good? Yeah, like that's 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 one that like we quote all the time. Where uh, even as a kid, I'd go, "Shut up! You're here to work." How's How's my mole? Like that's that's just so funny. But I um, I looked at I looked at the back of the VHS case. I'm ten years old. I'm looking at it. I'm like, Val Kilmer wore glasses. Anything is possible. And like, because as as I got home, I like I hated that I had to wear glasses, so I put them in my pocket, and then I took them out and put them on and watched Batman Forever. And I was like, this is excellent. Yeah. Um, I guess we haven't mentioned what uh, Riddler's uh, goal of the movie was. He basically creates this device that uh, will, through, you can attach it to your TV under the guise of kind of like an antenna you put on top of your TV. And it basically controls people's thoughts and he can use that against them. Essentially, that's that's what it is. We We went this whole time without talking about what the villain's actual goal was. Yeah. And but there's so there's so much greatness in this movie yeah. and so much substance. Yeah. It's yeah. such it's such a time capsule of the mid nineties. It's such a product of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I love it. Tyler, was there anything else that you wanted to say about this movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just gonna say what you guys just touched on, how prophetic that that mission of the Riddler was. Like mm-hmm. if you think about he's trying to manipulate brainwaves or whatever. Yeah. And with social media I mean, oh, it was yeah. just like ahead of its time. Yeah, that whole for concept. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. There's just it's it's such 
if you look past kind of how campy and cheesy it is, there is there's a lot of great psychological elements. And I know I kind of fumbled through stuff I wrote down. I, I actually have like well thought out and articulate thoughts on it and I kind of fumbled through You're doing them. But, fine, Chris. But yeah. like for real though, like there's so much there's so much psychology to this movie. Yeah. I think that's what helps with having a a psychologist as one of the main characters. That it's it's unearthing elements of Batman that maybe have been lost yeah. with as far as like Tim yeah. Burton trying to make something so mm-hmm. gothic, but also, you know, you didn't get a lot of, you got a lot of that in the comics and it's explored in the yeah. animated series, but like finally there's a portrayal of it on the screen, even if it's buried kind of in all of this yeah. um, pomp and circumstance. Who else is going to diagnose Batman? The inept commissioner Gordon. Yeah. So what you're saying is you miss your mommy and daddy. It's like, no, <laughs> not at all. Well, I don't know. Well, it's, yeah, uh, so maybe this signal. is like the the origin story before the origin story movies. You know, this is the yeah. very first one. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's just just there's so much about trauma and paralleled with Dick's trauma, and then so it's just there's also there's been this clamoring for the Schumacher cut of the movie. I think there's more of that added psychological element in the deleted scenes. Yeah. So I think that'd be cool with you know with the with the Snyder cut coming out of Justice League, maybe, maybe we could get the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. Sure. I'd love to see more of how Joel Schumacher dives into the psychology yeah. of Bruce Wayne in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But uh, we may never get it, but that's okay because the movie we did get is perfect it is just fantastic. how it is. Yep. It's um, badass. It is Super so badass. badass. And like Tyler had mentioned and like we had mentioned – Right at the end of the movie, my parting thoughts on it are, I fucking love this movie. Oh, it's glorious. I yep. fucking love this movie. Yep. With the Batman and Robin running right, their silhouettes running right towards the camera, and then U2 comes in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we get Arkham Asylum in this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's true. I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> like, you have it's just... to say, please. Yeah, that like kind of the parting, mm-hmm. our parting look at the Riddler yep. is just it's it just goes out on a high note. Yep. It's just this, so great. This movie is what I love about the '90s. It will forever be foundational to me. What I see the '90s as, yeah, and uh, it's it's an absolutely special movie in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Tyler, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you so much, so much fun for skyping this. in. Yeah. We obviously Thanks for we told me on. you. We would have loved to have had you here with us. It would have been a blast, but it still was great either way. Um, maybe when this COVID stuff lets up, we'll have you on. Not We will have you on again, but hopefully when COVID lets up, it'll be in person. That'd be great, guys. I had a blast. Yeah, yeah this was this, awesome. This thanks so much for being yes, on. It's thanks, so good. To, it's always good to, to see you. We don't hang out as much anymore, but it's so nice to, to see you again. You've always been one of the... One of the coolest people I know. Mm-hmm, me too. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, thanks. This was a lot of fun, guys. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Thank you again for being on, Tyler. This was a blast. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you go give Batman Forever another shot, it's definitely better than Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a nice little you know boost of levity um, in the world of Gotham City. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, because why would you want to be rude when you could be rad? We'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.